The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All right, let's do this. Seven minutes after seven o'clock, Wednesday evening, flagship show of the Employment Law Show, where it all started. So you know the number to call in, ask your questions. You are definitely part of the show every uh, Monday and Wednesday and our weekend shows as well. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. If you're first time listening, we talk about employment law, whether it's uh, being under a temporary layoff due to COVID-19 or you've been given a severance offer or not a severance offer, you've been fired, laid off constructively dismissed, harassed, all that stuff we talk about here as well. And the best way, quickest way to get some answers is call the radio station now, talk to Lior. You want to have a conversation afterwards, a couple different ways, help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is the email address we always reference to. And a wonderful website called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca has tons of information about employment law as it pertains to you and uh, what you do every day going to work, supporting the family. Plus, there's a, a section there on disability law because sometimes those two things converge, and it is absolutely free and anonymous as well. So uh, have a look at that while we uh, carry on here on the Wednesday night show. But again, 416-870-6400, the number to call through. We're going to talk about situations when it is better to quit than continue working. How about that? That is on the way. But uh, firstly, or the week that was, a couple situations that came by uh, your desk. What's going on? Hey, John. Uh, it's been certainly a busy week so far. It's only Wednesday. feels like it's later, but uh, mm. I, I like it. I really do enjoy that because I get uh, in my job to speak to a lot of people. I speak with people all day long, answer questions, answer emails, help solve workplace problems, negotiate solutions to workplace problems. And that's what an employment lawyer does. And I'm here on the show to help you understand your workplace rights. So if you have an issue, a question, a problem, something didn't go your way, your boss threatened you or did something to you, you know what? Now is the time to call us and uh, get your questions answered. Mm-hmm. We'll help you. We'll help others by by helping you. So please, 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 uh, if you have an issue that you want to discuss, let's discuss it right now or Option B, of course, throughout the show, we'll give you my contact information so that we can talk privately. So don't hesitate to use that as well. I have a couple of things I wanted to talk about in the week there was, but John, I never like to keep people waiting. So why don't we get to our callers? You got it. First one of the night, uh, right off the hop. Corey, thanks for standing by. Good evening. How are you? Good, good. Thanks, guys. Um, I have a a question. Uh, I'm in technical outside sales. I've been in this job for about 25 years. Um. My employer is doing a whole HR uh, reformatting of basically job descriptions. And uh, they're adding stuff uh, on there outside of my preview that I haven't done before. So they're adding more responsibilities and uh, they're adding engineering responsibilities and stuff that I've never been hired to do in the past. Uh, And they're asking me to do this work that really isn't... um, I'm qualified for. I'm not an engineer, and you know they want me to do this. And I'm just wondering. I'm I'm thinking of legally not accepting this new job description. Um, they never had an old job description when I was hired, mm-hmm. and now they seem to be formulating new job descriptions across the company. Company, sorry. And I'm just seeing how can I handle this legally the right way uh, when it comes to them putting in and more responsibilities that really. I didn't agree to when I was 
hired, firstly, and, and I haven't been doing these responsibilities for 25 years uh, for this particular job. No, that's a great question, Corey, and, and uh, thank you for calling into the show. Uh, you're absolutely right that uh, you're right to be concerned. Certainly, they don't have the 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 right or the ability to make unilateral changes to your job in this way. If these are vastly different responsibilities, responsibilities that you never had, and and you said even more than that potentially responsibilities that you're not even qualified to take on, that is a huge, huge problem. And you certainly don't want to do anything that you're not qualified to do. That could potentially be used against you if you're not doing a good job. So it, it's an invitation for many, many more problems later on. You, from the sounds of it, are well within your rights to say, no, I'm not doing it. Uh, once you do that, there's a couple of options that, that can happen. They may back off and let you be and let you continue working as you were. That would be fine. Uh, option number two is they may say, well, if you refuse, then you're out of here. Uh, they're allowed to do that, but keep in mind, they're going to have to pay you severance. And after all the years that you've been there, you're talking potentially as much as two years pay. Option number three is to say to you, well, too bad. We've, we've implemented that effective Monday and you're expected to be in. At that point, you have to make the choice. Do you continue working with these new roles or do you treat this as a constructive dismissal and require them to pay you severance? So they don't have a right to do what they're doing, but you have to decide ultimately what is better for you. Would you rather continue working with these new responsibilities or would you rather leave with severance? If severance is what you're interested in, then you and I should connect and have a further, more in-depth discussion off-air. Yeah, thanks, guys. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, my consideration is is that um, I don't mind doing some of the aspects, and some of the aspects I, I'm not qualified to do, and I never it was never part of my do- job description. I've always been successful and got good performance re- reviews to date. Um, and what they're asking me to do, I don't have an engineering degree to do. So this is forcing me into a corner and almost like a constructive dismissal, I feel. So um, thank you for my options, and I will uh, move forward in the appropriate way. They haven't allocated it. They put it in a general prospectus, but they're asking me to sign something, which I'm refusing to sign right now. I'm not signing um, the document from Human Resources outlining the new job description. And um, and I'll I'll see what my legal measures are. Uh, no, no matter what, Corey. A, a word of advice: uh, do not sign anything without me seeing it first. Even if you agree with them on what your new job description is going to look like, but and they say, "Here's we want you to sign it." Before you put your Jan, uh, John Hancock on that piece of paper, let me see the document. We want to make sure that there's nothing in it uh, above and beyond what you already realize that causes problems. So please, please don't sign anything without forwarding a copy to me first. Corey, appreciate the uh, the phone call and your time, and do uh, exactly what Lior says. Here's how you uh, reach out uh, outside the show hour one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. And uh, Joe, thanks for uh, for standing by. How are you tonight? Uh, great. Uh, just uh, worried. I'm going to get a little peace of mind, and uh, that's why mm-hmm. I, I got to say I really appreciate you guys having this show and, and giving uh, people like myself a little bit of peace of mind throughout the uh, hard times, right? Thank um, you. My, uh, my, my question is this, just to give you a bit of a backstory. Um, I'm in trades. At the beginning, uh, I, I 
I'm get, I get laid off every uh, winter. Um, just that's how the season works out. Uh, so at the beginning of this year, uh, given how the pandemic all rolled out, my boss wanted, wanted me to drive. Now, uh, he always picked me up. I never drove. And, and through this interior show, I realized that uh, any kind of change in my job, uh, if I accept it, then it's something that uh, is going to be long-term. It could be long-term if, if I choose to, uh, if I allow it. So I said to him, I go, uh, that's fine. You want me to drive? I need you to pay my gas. I need you to pay my time because this isn't something that uh, I was ever in my job description before. Through fighting, through arguing, uh, he, he accepted that. But come September, uh, knowing that I have three kids uh, and, and knowing that uh, I was going to ask him uh, to have some kind of accommodations in, in my work hours, in hindsight, I realized the reason why he laid me, he told me there was no work is so he, he could avoid that. But he, then on top of that, he kept on telling me that there was going to be work next week, which at times there, there are moments in our, uh, in our job where there's legs between one job to the next. So I believed him, and I, I, I let it go on. I didn't ask for a record of employment, and that's where uh, I made a mistake. Because now, uh, it's been from September to now that I didn't work, didn't get no money, didn't apply for EI, and didn't get my record of employment. That uh, put me with nothing from September to now. I, I said to him finally, after being uh, pushed around and told that there was going to be uh, work, I said, finally, you have to give me my record of employment. I need something. He said that it was sent. He, I said, do you mind if I speak to the accountant that deals with, uh, that deals with this? And he said, no, no problem. I said, fine. I spoke to the accountant. The accountant said it was in the mail. I never, he said that he sent the record of employment to me, a copy in the mail, and sent it electronically. I never received it. I then asked him, okay, well, if you did that, I want to file for my unemployment. Uh, he then told me that uh, my hours that I worked and the date that uh, I was laid off. But I, I, he had the date wrong. It was supposed to be back in September. He put it as the beginning of November. I said. So, Joe, what, what's the legally, question? My question to you is: Does he have the legal right to um, to not one give me my record of employment and n- not uh, lay me off, and and then use that against me to not lay me off? Because he's uh, my concern is that he's worried that. Uh, if I am laid off for too long of a period, uh, then I can ask for severance. And now, are you expecting that. to go back, Joe? I'm expecting to go back, but from from the, the looks of it, he doesn't want me back if he has to accommodate my hours. So it's, it's such a long story that... It's so, so, Joe, he, he, here's, here's the thing. You, you can actually require him to pay you severance right now. You don't have to wait. You don't have to leave it up to him. How, how long have you been there for? I've been there for almost nine years. I mean, that's why I, I don't. I don't want to lose my, uh, my my job, my position. I've been training underneath him to learn this career, and I, I feel like uh, I'll be throwing it away. Uh, and that's why I allowed him to not give me. Well, the, the, the problem is, uh, 
you've already been off for a number of months. There's no indication he's calling you back, and you said you don't think he wants you back. So whether you like it or not, it may not. It may look like you're not going back there. So you may as well get severance, and you may as well get your severance right now. You could easily be looking at anywhere from you know eight to ten months of of pay, which hopefully would you know put some money in the bank while you're looking for another job. So that's something you should consider right now. With respect to your record of employment, honestly, the easiest way to do it is get me to send them a letter. You'll get your record of employment within 24 hours. So that's what you can do in that situation. But I would certainly consider saying enough is enough. Uh, you don't want me. You, you, you haven't called me since September. Uh, I can't just sit here in limbo. I want my severance. And if you want your severance, I can absolutely help you get it. Joe, we've got to take a break, but appreciate the call. Thank you for taking the time to reach out. one 821 5900 That's the number. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue on. Uh, Dean, stand by, fella. You are up next, and we have time for your call as well. 416-870-6400. Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back. Uh, indeed, you got lots of time to uh, to call through. 416-870-6400 is the way. 416-870-6400. Lots of open lines, plenty of time. Bring it on. And Dean, thank you for your your patience tonight. How are you? Oh, not at all. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Fantastic. What's uh, What's on your mind? Well, first of all, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. I listen to the show often, and I've learned a lot, but uh, I still have a question. (laughs) So my wife uh, worked part-time for 11 years at a charitable organization, and then they offered her a different role, but uh, they they transitioned her to a contract for one year. So now at the end of the one year, they're uh, not going to renew that contract, and they're just going to terminate her. So... I asked if they had discussed any uh, severance, and they didn't. So I'm wondering, does the part-time status change anything, or should they still be looking at some kind of severance pay for her? So let me just make sure I understand. So she worked there for about 11 years or so, and then they came to her and said, we want to put you on a 12-month contract. Yeah, in a different role. In a different role. So she signed yeah. an agreement that said, I'm going to be employed until whatever the date is, until November 1st, whatever the date. Uh, is that right? And did yeah. the agreement itself, as far as you know, say what would happen at the end of that term? No. It did not. Okay. No. So so here's the problem. Uh, the problem is by, by accepting that role in a, fr- a fixed-term contract, she essentially got notice of termination. They told her at that point that we're telling you today that you only have a job for 12 more months, and after 12 more months, you're not employed here anymore. So because of that, in this situation, she's not owed any severance. She essentially agreed to waive her severance by accepting this fixed-term contract. Now, if the contract said that, well, at the end of 12 months, you, you switch back to your old position, and now they decided to terminate, yeah, absolutely they would owe her severance. But if it simply said, you know, you're going to be employed from this date till this date, come that date, come, come the end of the contract, unfortunately, they don't know her any severance. So that's, I mean, you know, we can't go back in time. Certainly, if we, we could have, I would have told her at that time, you know, a year ago, please, please, whatever you do, do not sign that agreement. 
it, it's because then you're giving up your severance. So that's un- the unfortunate thing. thing. I think it was just verbal, but so there's no written contract. I, I don't believe there's any written contract. Oh. No. I see. Okay. Well, if there's no written contract, I feel differently. Uh, if there's no written document that says your last day is this day, then yes, you would be owed severance. If it's one of those things where they had some sort of a discussion, that's different. Uh, in yeah, this case, she could to be 12 months and then and then ended. The uh, the assumption was that she would renew year by year. I see. Uh, assuming things went well, but uh, hello, pandemic. Yeah. No, so see, is, uh... the the burden would be on her employer to show that they made it a fixed-term contract, giving them an out at the end of that 12 months. And it's going to be almost impossible to do without a written document. So, okay, if, you know, my, my assumption was when you told me uh, a, a, a contract that it was something in writing. If it's not in writing, then, yes, she's owed severance, potentially a year's pay here. So she definitely needs to give me a call as soon as possible. Okay. Thanks, Thank Dean. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time and listening to the show as well. Thank you uh, very much for that reaching out. Uh, you probably know this already, but I'll give it to you since you're a long-time listener. one 821 5900 is the number. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And any time, of course, the website, you want more information, it is at your fingertips. On your tablet, your cell, your desktop, doesn't matter. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. A ton of information on that website, free, anonymous, and rolled into that is the uh, – Good old severance pay calculator, which has had hundreds of thousands. Yeah, we might be over a million hits by now. You don't know, but it's had uh, it's had a ton. Uh, regardless, 416-870-6400, the number to call through, just like our previous callers, and ask your questions. Could be extremely important. Situations when it is better to quit than to continue working. How about this one? It's kind of a no-brainer, but some people will let it slide if salary is significantly reduced. I would say so. Well, but it's not necessarily for the reason that people may think. It's mm-hmm. not about, well, you know, I, I'm, my, my, I'm offended and my, my pride is hurt, so I'm going to leave. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a situation where, from a legal standpoint, you're actually preserving your legal rights if you quit, whereas if you continue working, you're giving up your legal rights. Yeah. So let's talk about that. When it, when it comes to salary reductions, an employer does not have the obligation to make a significant reduction in pay, usually when we're talking about more than 10%. So when, whenever an employer uh, reduces salary by more than 10%, you, the employee, may have a right to, to leave and treat that as a constructive dismissal. But why is that better than taking the pay cut? Well, three reasons. Reason number one, the obvious one, well, you don't want to be making less money, but that's not the important reason. The other important reason is this. If you take the pay cut, well, they're reducing my pay by 15%. I want to be the good soldier. So I'm going to accept that pay cut and continue working. Well, that may be very admirable. But by taking that 15% pay cut, you've given them the right to do it again. And that's the key. They didn't have a right to do it to begin with. But because you let it happen the first time, they can do it again. And then a month later, when they reduce it again, and then a month after that, when they reduce it again, you won't be able to do anything about it because you let it happen the first time. Whereas, of course, if you had left right now, gotten your severance, that that would would be better. The final reason is if they reduce your pay by 15% and then they let you go, well, your severance is calculated based on what your salary is Mm -hmm. at the time of termination. If you're making 15% less money, it means you're getting 15% less severance. So you lose out on severance as well. 
So when it comes to a change in pay, you only have really one chance to do something about it the first time the company reduces pay. So you don't want to sit on your right. You don't want to continue working and just accepting it, understanding that by doing that, you may be giving the company the right to do it again. So you really want to consider what's better, to accept it and, and open the door to all kinds of bad things happening or to leave, get my severance, and move on. 416-870-6400 is the way to... Uh get that information randy you are up good evening oh hi guys love your show hey. thanks man What's um up? i work for a consulting firm and um i'm contracted out to one of the big companies in canada and um each year i sign a contract so my third year contract expires in february and um what the big company that i work for not the consulting firm, They he mentioned to me that if I quit two weeks before my contract expires in February, that they could rehire me back within three months. But if I wait till my contract expires, that they can't hire me back in six months if there's work. Mm-hmm. And I'm, not, I'm a contractor that doesn't have my own corporation. I'm actually considered a T4 uh, employee with the mm-hmm. consulting firm. And uh, so I pay into EI. <clears throat> So all my dilemma is, is if I quit two weeks before my contract ends and I may or may not get hired back in three months, I can't collect EI. But if I wait until the end of the contract, then I can collect EI if I don't find a job in between. So I'm just wondering like, if all that is true. Well, it is true. So you're absolutely right that if you quit, uh, even if it's you know a day before, uh, then you've resigned, and then you don't qualify for EI uh, or any other government benefits, but yet you also don't get or qualify for severance. Whereas if you the contract ends in this situation and you don't get hired back, you get severance. You're owed severance, and depending how many years you've worked there, that could be months' pay. So not only are you giving up uh, EI, you could be giving up months' severance. Now, uh, if you knew for sure that if you left on this day, you'll have another job very soon, if that was a, in, in writing and in a contract, well, that may make sense to do that because at least there's that certainty. But if either way you may or may not be hired, I wouldn't take that risk. I wouldn't take the risk of leaving, not getting EI, not getting severance in the hopes that maybe you will have a job. Uh, I would take the sure thing, which is if I don't have a job, then I get EI. I get severance, and that buys me enough time to find another job. I think that's the safer approach here. But I do listen to your show, but I thought you uh, you mentioned before that if you sign a contract year to year to year, you're not eligible for severance. No, that that's not, not true at all. If you sign one contract that says, you know, with an end date, sure, you're not qualified for severance. But if you sign multiple contracts year after year, those contracts become meaningless. In the eyes of the law, you are now considered to be an indefinite employee. Because it just keeps contract after contract. The law says, well, you know, after three or so contracts, they become meaningless. So because of that, in the eyes of the law, how, how long have you been there total? Uh, so it will be three years at the end of February. So, yeah, in the eyes of the law, you're now a three-year employee, and you would be owed severance like a three-year employee, which could easily be six months' pay. So you would be giving up on that and, and even the ability to get that if you were to leave, whatever, a few weeks early. So I, I think it'd be worthwhile doing 
if you knew in writing that if you leave on this date, you're back to work on this date. That may be worthwhile doing. But if it's one of those, maybe, maybe not, I, I think it's too risky. Right. And is it true that after three years, if um, they haven't hired you full time, that I do have to wait six months before they can rehire me back? No, uh, that's up to them. There's absolutely no law like that at all. They can decide we will hire, we won't hire. A company never has to hire you. So the law stays out of it. The law says it's up to the company to decide when they want to hire you, if they want to hire you, uh, hire you and, and how they want to hire you. Uh, that, that's not something that the law intervenes in. Oh, I see. Um, okay. Well, I appreciate your help. Uh, it's great information. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate uh, appreciate you listening and the time you've taken to uh, to call in as well. There's still some time left. There's uh, quite a bit, actually. 416-870-6400, something you're unsure of. Just like Randy, get it cleared up, make the phone call, and simply ask the question. Real simple, 416-870-6400. Situations when it is better to quit than continue working. If a significant demotion, even if the pay is unchanged, how about that? So we, we know, we talked about it before, that if your pay is reduced, you have the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Your employer yes. does not have the right to, to make that type of a change. But even a demotion that does not involve a pay cut uh, can be considered a constructive dismissal. If you're now in a lesser position, that could be you know embarrassing. Uh, that could be a situation where it, it looks bad on your on your resume. That's still a big deal. So even a demotion where the pay is frozen and stays the same may give you the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Now, why would you want to do that? Maybe instead of just continuing to work, even if the salary is the same. Well, think about it. If you're accepting a lesser position, you have to put that on your resume. That's going to find, or, or that's going to hurt you down the road when you look for another job because it's going to be more difficult to uh, find a senior position if your resume says you're in this lower position. That's number one. Number two is if you take the demotion and then down the road they let you go, well now you're going to get less severance. Remember, one of the factors that goes into severance is what kind of a position you have, and the more senior a position you have the greater the severance. So if it's a lesser position, means less severance. So perhaps you're better off now, instead of taking the demotion to leave, so you can put on your resume that your role was this role, the senior role, and you can get your full severance. So it may be better if you're being demoted to leave and get your severance rather than continue working. Now, one key uh, theme that I want to convey here is this. I do not want anyone to leave to quit without talking to me first. I don't want anyone saying, well, I heard Leroy talk about quitting, so I'll just quit. No, no, no. I'm giving you this information so that you can think about it and decide what you want to do, but no one ever quits without talking to me first because we want to do this right. We want to make sure we have our I's dotted and T's crossed. Quitting is, is not something we take lightly. We are talking about situations where it might be better to quit and then continue working. Oh, how many times have we seen this one? Have to sign a new contract of employment. Yeah, this is a, a big one. And I'm talking about if you're already employed, you already have a job, you know, you're not, you're not a new hire, but your employer comes to you and says, hey, uh, I, uh, I want you to sign a new employment agreement. Here's a new contract to sign. Uh, wait a second, not so fast. Uh, I've said this before and I'll, I'll say it again. There's a reason 
your employer wants you to sign this contract. And the reason is not a good one. It's not to give you better rights. It's to give the company better rights. It's to take away some of the rights that you would otherwise have and either eliminate them uh, or, or even worse, give them to the company. So it may have terms that limit your future severance and can cost you tens of thousands of dollars, even potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars. There could be terms in there that allow the company to reduce your pay. Remember I said the company can't reduce your pay, but they can if you sign an employment agreement that gives them the power to do it. Maybe the new agreement allows the company to lay you off temporarily, which is something the company otherwise wouldn't have the ability to do. So there's a lot of those things that the new employment agreement likely does, and I almost assure you that it does do some or all of those things. So you may be better off not working for this company, getting severance right now, rather than signing an agreement and later realizing that, that it cost you a lot of money. You know, a classic example is, let's say you're a, a senior employee, a 30-year employee. They want yeah. you to sign a new employment agreement. You don't sign it, and because of that, they let you go. Well, guess what? They have to pay you 24 months' pay. That's option one. Option number two is you sign it, and you continue working. A year later, they let you go. Now, potentially, they only have to pay you eight weeks' pay mm. because of the fact that you signed that agreement limiting your severance. So right there, you, you lost nearly two years of pay, two years of severance. So be smart about it with these new employment agreements. You may be better off not working there, losing your job, leaving, whatever it is, rather than signing a new employment agreement. And if you're not sure what it does, what it says, if you should be concerned about it, send me a copy. Let me look at it and let's discuss it. Even if they do, even if you do sign it, if they don't throw you a bone, they don't give you something for it, does it still hold any legal weight? So the nice thing is from a technical standpoint, a technical legal standpoint is that if your employer asks you to sign a new employment agreement, if you're already employed, they do have to give you something in return for signing. So maybe it's a one-time signing bonus. Maybe it's a pay raise. Maybe it's extra vacation. Maybe you know, it's a fancier office. Whatever it is, something that you would otherwise not have. Because if they simply say, yeah, we're not giving you anything, just sign this piece of paper and it's all good. If you give it nothing in return, Arguably, it's not even enforceable. Wow. That said, never sign an employment agreement thinking that it's not enforceable. Better approaches, if you're not comfortable with it, don't sign it. You don't want to have battles later on about is it enforceable or is it not. Yeah. 416-870-6400. Lots of time still for you to call in and ask your questions about this or any other uh, thing on your mind. In the meantime, talking about situations where it is better to quit than continue working if repeatedly getting unfair negative feedback, because we know where that's leading. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I'm talking about unfair. I'm talking about unreasonable, biased, uh, you know, phony, whatever you want to call it. If your employer is picking on you for reasons that are not legitimate, that in itself, believe it or not, can be a constructive dismissal, because that would create a, a poisoned work environment, wouldn't it? If you're being criticized for no reason, if you're getting negative performance reviews for no reason, if they're clearly picking on you, that's that's a classic poison work environment, and you can treat that as a termination. Now, if you don't, if you continue working and do nothing, you may then be considered to have accepted it and agreed with it. So at a minimum, if you believe your company is picking on you in this way, at a minimum, you want to say something about it. You want to make sure that it's understood that you're not uh, agreeing, you're not accepting, you don't think it's legitimate. 
express your concerns in writing, outline why you don't think it's fair, why what they're saying is not true, put that in writing, at a minimum do that. But potentially, it may even be an opportunity to leave that company with severance. The, the worst thing you can do in that situation is do nothing. That's not an option. You're At that point, you're essentially giving up your rights, a uh, surefire way to do that. So if you're in that situation, your employer is picking on you, bad performance review, telling you've done things wrong when it's not legitimate, respond, put something in writing, but potentially, we could potentially also consider constructive dismissal. And if that's something you, you find yourself in or that position you find yourself in, you really want to talk to me as soon as possible. How about this one? Kind of the uh, you know the cousin of that one that is subject to repeated and provable harassment. Again, you want to write everything down, right? Yeah. If you're being harassed, if you're being bullied, uh, yep. mistreated, then certainly you shouldn't have to take that. No employee should have to take that. We have the right to leave, uh, certainly not to leave, to, to work in a harassment-free work environment. And if we are in a poison work environment, harassed, we're bullied, we're mistreated, disrespected, I think it is better to leave and get severance than to continue working. And that's for a different reason. It's not because you know it's better from a legal standpoint. It's simply better potentially from a health standpoint, right? If you're going to continue working in that terrible environment, then you may eventually have to go off work for anxiety or depression. Uh, not a good thing to be in when the law does give you an out. If your employer can't treat you properly, you can say, well, that's a termination of my employment. You've yeah. breached our agreement. The agreement was you're going to treat me well. And if the employer does that, they'll have to pay you severance. Remember, of course, severance can't be as much as two years' pay. Let's get to a couple emails here, at least one email. We've got a couple minutes left to go. Beth is up, says, uh, guys, my husband works in construction. He has never been laid off in 10 years, but his employer just gave him notice of a layoff, saying he may be called back to work in May. May. Uh, what can he do? So this is a good question. I'm glad that we got it because it, there's there's this assumption that, well, construction employees don't have rights. Construction employees, the employer can do whatever they want. Nonsense. Not at all. Yeah. And, and, and the proof is in the pudding. What I mean by that is clearly in 10 years he was not laid off, so the employer doesn't have a right to lay him off. Some some jobs by their nature, you know, a roofer, for example, a landscaper, you're not going to be working in the winter. So it's assumed that over the winter months, you can be laid off and then get rehired. Obviously, that's not the case for this guy. He's not hasn't been laid off. And because of that, his employer doesn't have a right to do it. So now that he's been laid off, he has two options. Option number one is wait. Wait and see what happens. They said, maybe you'll come back in May. Maybe not. Maybe you will. So you wait till May or whenever and see what happens. That is an option, but not, I think, a very attractive option because May is still far away. Option number two is absolutely he can treat this layoff as a termination of his employment. If he's been there for 10 years, depending on his specific job and age, he could be owed as much as a year's pay, 12 months pay. Because he hasn't been laid off before, he can treat that as a termination. And I, and I want everyone who is in the, in, in the construction industry, remember, you still have rights. Your employer can't take away your rights. You still get severance. You, you can't just be laid off temporarily if it never happened before. It's not a situation where your rights don't exist. They absolutely do exist. 
And we'll uh, wrap it uh, there for another night. You want to reach out, didn't get a call in, uh, want to have a more of a private conversation, no problem. It's one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. The website, employmentlawyer.ca, is where you'll catch links to our television show. Those are happening as well. And always refer to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for all other needs as well. We'll catch you on the weekend. Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employed of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.